0: More of the Backstory on our Patreon page. With exclusive interviews, outtakes, and the Lost Controversial Backstory Podcast. You can only get here. Support on the Backstory bonus level. Welcome to the Backstory Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Kolb, And this episode is about the wonderful, talented actress, Gabrielle Union.
1: My character was very... So you got to learn all the, the key phrases, my character, right? Um, you know, it, it's pretend. Mm-hmm.
0: Her very successful career quietly spans over 25 years.
1: Two weeks later, I
0: right. auditioned for
1: Say by the Bell, I think, and uh,
0: that was my first job. Hard to believe, 25 years ago, her first acting credit was Mall Girl on an episode of family matters and her rise to fame was paid with a lot of interesting roles throughout this podcast. You will hear different clips, from that interview, and some of the things that you'll hear and you'll notice was that she was just coming off a few memorable roles in movies that kind of put her on the map, like the cheerleading blockbuster film Bring It On, the ensemble cast of the brothers that featured some of the biggest black actors at that time, including Morris Chestnut, who was a heartthrob, and the chemistry they had between them on screen.
1: He's such a great guy. It, it makes it easier to, a lot easier to get into my
0: Then there was two can play that game with some scene stealing from star Vivica A. Fox, including a
2: fight that looked very real. She didn't really punch you in the face, did she?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it looked very real. Uh, no, she, she came close a couple times. Right.
0: But, uh, you know, that's what I get for ad-libbing. She was also just married, not to her current husband, basketball superstar Dwayne Wade, but her first husband, who played in the NFL. I recently had a chance to review this interview, and... Really, the root of this particular podcast is something that stood out in this interview. Gabrielle Union was the Me Too movement before anyone else. But no one really talks about her past and how a harrowing incident changed her life. And she opened up about that in the early 2000s. And I happened to interview her and she discussed it. When, when, when
1: something like that happens, there's so many different emotions. Um, the main one... Feeling a lot of shame right, and uh, embarrassment. So you don't want anyone to know anything.
0: This is the story of Gabrielle Union. She was born on October 29th, 1972 in Omaha, Nebraska. Her mother, Teresa, worked for the phone company and her father, Sylvester Union, was a military officer. Yes, I said Omaha. Omaha. And we talked about that.
2: I heard that you were from, like, Omaha, Nebraska. I true? am. Omaha, Nebraska. There are black people in Omaha?
1: There's a lot of black folks in Omaha. It's it's North Omaha. Uh-huh. Oh, no, <laughs> Omaha. I, it's always something north, ain't it? So <laughs> no, the north side. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of black
2: folks So you Omaha. spent, like, your whole childhood there and everything?
1: Uh, most of my childhood, and then we moved to the Bay Area.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then went to high school in the Bay, and then went to UCLA.
2: Wow.
0: Now, in all transparency, I didn't know much about Omaha in the early 2000s when I did this interview. Other than like many, I made assumptions because it was something I wasn't familiar with. However, as fate would have it, Omaha would have a lot to do with my career and the opportunities that have aligned in my life to get me to where I am today. So let me explain. So during this interview, I was clearly much younger and early into my career and did not know the world the way I know the world now. I would go on to meet other people from Omaha, including the founder and chairperson and the CEO of the company I currently work for, which is Urban One, which consists of Radio One, TV One, Interactive One, and One Solution. We are the biggest African-American-owned media company in America. Our founder, Kathy Hughes, whom I work with every day, was a teenage mother from Omaha, Nebraska, who had a dream, an intense work ethic and focus that was on another level. She started her media empire with one radio station in D.C. It was an AM station and turned it into 50 plus radio stations, a TV network, an online network and brand development agency. Her son, Alfred Liggins, who happens to be our CEO, was also born in Omaha. Miss Hughes was recently honored in her hometown of Omaha, where the city renamed the street she grew up on as Kathy Hughes Boulevard. So if you ever go to Omaha, Nebraska, make sure you go by Kathy Hughes Boulevard. The street naming ceremony was a few months ago, and in her speech, she gave a shout out to Gabrielle Union's mother, Teresa, who was in attendance at the ceremony that day. So there's my Omaha connection. Anyway, back to Gabrielle Union's mother. She instilled an independent spirit early on that is not surprising seeing how Gabrielle Union has taken a lot of chances in her career and never shied away from being outspoken in areas she is passionate about, especially social injustice. She has always used her platform to drop knowledge, as you'll hear in the clips that I'll be playing. At around eight years old, Gabrielle's family relocated to the Bay Area in Northern California, where things were very different from Omaha. She would also go on to attend UCLA. Her mother was very influential in making sure Gabrielle had a larger view of the world. So as I listened to this interview we did, both of us very early in our career, you can hear her passion, focus, and honesty blooming. So how did she get started in acting? How did this whole thing come about? We talked about it.
1: Uh, yeah, basically, I, I had an internship at a modeling agency. My internship ended, they were like, you know, would you be interested in in an intern in, in a, in a modeling, you know, gig. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, i sure, you know, if you, you think someone would hire me and two days later, I started working for teen magazine and all about you. And, you know, uh, and then it just segued into acting like two weeks later, I right. auditioned for say by the bell, I think. And, uh, that was my first job. I booked it my first audition.
2: Oh, wow. You did it on your own? It,
1: uh, no, I actually, the guy who, um, was representing me as a model, Said, well, "Let's try acting. Let's just see what happens." Right. College student, you, you take out a lot of loans. I'm looking at a, a, a mountain of debt, and I'm like, "However you think I can pay this off? Sure." Right. And it just it just worked, and, I, and I've just been working ever since.
0: Coming up on the Backstory Podcast, a moment that forever changed Gabrielle Union's life.
1: This happened to me. Um, this is there's nothing funny or amusing. Um, about you don't get entertainment value from 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 rape. Um, right. And so I can, you know, basically talk about it to to see, you know, if I could touch anybody.
0: You're listening to the Backstory Podcast, and this is the story of Gabrielle Union.
1: Before we begin tryouts, there are a couple things you should know. First, we do more than just cheer. We're very involved in our community. We plant trees, we feed the homeless, and we recycle
0: That's one of Gabrielle Union's early appearances on a TV show, and that happened to be alongside Brandy in her show, Moesha. Considering where she is today, it's no surprise Gabrielle Union always had screen presence early on. She appeared on a lot of TV shows in the 90s and bit parts. There was esteem to her characters, though, and it kind of played in the movies as well that she first starred in. There's tough gab.
1: That's why Chris invited me to the dance before he knew we were related. Maybe he really likes me.
2: Kaisha, girl, be serious. Why would anyone like you? I mean, honestly. Just... Oh,
1: uh uh-uh. uh. Talk to the hand because the ears don't want to hear you, bruh.
2: Then there's
0: bougie gab. And of course, mean girl gab. And then there was conniving gab. So she got her start on a lot of the bigger black sitcoms in the 90s, whether it be Moesha, Family Matters, the Steve Harvey show, Sister, Sister. But she also appeared in a few mainstream shows like Seventh Heaven, Friends. There was a show called City Guys. And of course, her first audition on the teen show Saved by the Bell, which featured a whole bunch of people that went on to have very successful acting careers. One of her first major film roles was in the teen high school comedy She's All That. I totally remember this movie because it was Little Kim's first film, and Gabrielle Union and Little Kim were in the main crew of the movie. Usher was in this movie as well. Dule Hill was also in this cast as well, and he's a very underrated actor. You can see him right now in the TV show Ballers. He plays the Dolphins GM Larry Seifert. Again, Gabrielle had that presence on screen, not just because she was a beautiful woman and she stood out for her beauty, but her voice and her poise just stood out. You could probably say her breakout moment was the cheerleading movie in 2000 called Bring It On. And she played Isis, the leader of the inner city cheerleading squad, the East Compton Clovers. So during this time, you would see her in a bunch of shows and bit parts in movies. But this moment in Bring It On really stood out. I mean, Bring It On was a tremendous success worldwide, grossing almost $100 million at the box office and spawned five sequels. I knew who she was cause I saw her in a bunch of different TV shows and a few movies, but I knew her name after this movie came out and her career just kind of took off from this point on. She had a small role in another very successful black movie called Love and Basketball. But that scene they placed her in as a love interest for the main character. Omar Epps, in contrast to Sanaa Latham's character really made her stand out. I mean, anyone could relate to this growing up because it was sort of like a high school movie. Sanaa was a tomboy who was in love with the basketball star who lived next door. Gabrielle was the fly pretty girl in the school. She didn't have a lot of dialogue in this movie, but she had tremendous presence. She would go on to do several other successful movies, including The Brothers and Two Can Play That Game, where she had on-screen chemistry with her co-star, Morris Chestnut, who was in both of these films. I joked with her about how they looked on-screen together and the chemistry, and I asked her, were there any fireworks between them?
1: We we just got to be really, really close friends, Mm -hmm. and when you have a mutual respect for somebody... And you respect what they do, you know, as a as a, as a person, you know, you, you you know that they're not into, you know, crazy business. And uh, you respect the fact that they're a, a family man. Right. Um, when you wouldn't when, know their wife is sitting there and their, their two kids are sitting there. Mm-hmm. You, you don't go there. Um, right. You, you have respect for that. And he's such a great guy. It, it makes it easier to, a lot easier to get into my character, but, mm-hmm. you know... Um, no, my my husband does not uh, go for any of that yes, Hollywood funny uh, business. Yeah,
2: and your husband is uh, an NFL player, right?
1: Yeah,
2: he is. He plays for Jacksonville.
1: No, no, uh, he was with uh, the Raiders and he got injured about mm-hmm. three weeks ago, so he's chilling right
2: now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, know, I heard he gave you a little hard time on some of those movies. Is that true?
1: <laughs> Just <the> one.
2: <laughs> Just one. Well, I'm gonna tell you in the Brothers, you was real. You was you know you were very aggressive in the Brothers.
1: My character was very so you gotta learn all the, the key phrases. My character. Right. Um, you know, it, it's pretend. Mm-hmm. No, um he he knows I, I'm I'm even more aggressive with him when we get home.
2: So Okay. He, wow. He, 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 well, that's <laughs> what, you recently
0: got married then, right? Now the reason why I asked her that because at the time, again, we didn't really have the internet and blogs like we kinda had now, but there was a lot of stories out that her husband his name was Chris Howard, he played in the NFL, was not too happy about some of these scenes with her and her being in these love scenes in these movies. We also discussed the other movies she was working on at that time, including her first starring role alongside LL Cool J.
1: Yeah, and no, I just wrapped uh, two movies, uh, one called uh, Welcome to Collinwood with George Clooney and, and uh, William H. Macy and mm-hmm. Isaiah Washington, and then I just did another one called Abandon. With Katie Holmes and Benjamin Bratt, mm-hmm. and I'm about to start my first starring role, um, I'm like the lead with uh, LL Cool J called Deliver Us from Eva.
2: Wow, wow! Yeah, so, are you excited so about that?
1: I'm real excited about that. That starts in a in a week and a half, so I'm I'm real excited.
2: Okay, so now let me ask you. And two can play that game. She didn't really punch you in the face, did she?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it looked very real. <laughs> uh, no, she she came close a couple times. Right. But uh, you know that's what I get for ad living, you know, mm-hmm. In, in mm-hmm. life and <laughs> that. Did
2: you take in the fall?
1: Oh, no, I took the fall. I took the fall. They they showed me how to take a, you know, a a, a staged hit. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, me and Viv just practiced it and right. got it. We got it to look pretty pretty close.
0: Right. So you would start to see Gabrielle as sort of the go-to black girl in a lot of these TV shows. And she pretty much played either a young black teen or sort of like a young black woman. And then in 2000, she had been cast in this medical drama on television on CBS called City of Angels, which was a groundbreaking TV show because it had a majority minority cast. It was a totally underrated show, in my opinion. It was created by Stephen Bochco, Nicholas Wooten, and Paris Barclay. After writing a lot of shows in the 70s, Stephen Bochco became a TV powerhouse during the 80s and 90s. Some of his credits included NYPD Blue, Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law, and Doogie Hauser, M.D. He did, however, have one show that was just a total flop, a ridiculously crazy show or musical about cops called Cop Rock. You got to laugh at that. It was just awful. But because of who he was, he was able to make these shows because he had so many successful shows under his belt. The other creator on the show was a director named Paris Barclay. He was a great director and had a deep connection to hip-hop. He started making music videos and had great chemistry with LL Cool J. Together, they did eight videos, including the Mama Said Knock You Out video and the Jinglin' Baby video in which he made a cameo. He also started to direct episodes for other big shows like ER, The West Wing, Law & Order, and House. And Lost. But two series that really showed his creativity as a director were the FX shows The Shield, which is one of the first graphic cable TV shows, and the legendary show Sons of Anarchy. I call it legendary even though it's been off only a few years. It was just a really great show. And Paris had great chemistry with the creator Kurt Sutter, and he directed a lot of the episodes. And one of the best seasons was season four, and he directed most of the episodes in season four. Sons of Anarchy was such a really good show and Paris was a really good director. One of the reasons why I kind of tell you this and I tell you a lot of stories in the podcast, I always pay attention to anybody of color making television movies or anybody of color behind the scenes. Paris Barkley is a brilliant dude. He went to Harvard and is well respected in Hollywood circles. In fact, in 2013, he was named president of the Directors Guild of America, making him the first black person to ever hold that position. That's a big deal for a guy who started making music videos and and hip hop music videos. Anyway, there's always been a lack of diversity in Hollywood, but Paris Barkley is one of the folks working to change that. Hollywood has always been getting called out for diversity and then they green light a bunch of shows. So the African-American audience is always very loyal to shows that feature people that look like them. One thing about the African-American audience, we are very loyal to shows that feature people that look like us. City of Angels was a big deal in 2000. Paris helped create the show with a cast that featured. Check out some of the people that were in this show. Now, really, the stars of the show was Vivica Fox and Blair Underwood. Um, They were the main characters. But check out who else was on this show. Michael Warren. He was on... um, he actually played basketball for UCLA back in the day and had a lot of acting roles. And most people remember him on television from Hill Street Blues. But Hill Harper was in this show. Viola Davis, Maya Rudolph, Octavia Spencer. Bokeem Woodbine was on this show. Even Nisi Nash was on this show. I'm trying to find it. I can't seem to find it anywhere. I'm going to have to really look for the DVDs of it. So, or somewhere digitally because I was trying to find clips. I could not find clips online. But this was a really good show. And it's unfortunate that it only lasted like a season and a half. But if you can find the show and, li- and watch it, you'll see a lot of great actors very early in their career. Coming up on the Backstory Podcast, Gabrielle talks about a plot line on her show, City of Angels, that brought her past to
1: light. And that storyline went on for five weeks. Right. Five different episodes. Right. So you could about imagine. And then finally, I said, you know what? I got to come clean. I got to tell people. Mm-hmm. You know, I- I'm really uncomfortable with this.
0: Right. But first, a word from our sponsor. Support for the Backstory Podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Let's talk about buying a home for a minute. Because of rising interest rates, there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home these days. It's causing a lot of anxiety with folks. Well, our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about that. They're calling it the power buying process. Now, here's how it works. Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer. Then, once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new, exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, they'll lock in your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. Now, here's the best part. If rates go up, your rates stay the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops too. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Colby. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. You're listening to the Backstory Podcast, and this is the story of Gabrielle Union. So, she has this new show called City of Angels with an ensemble minority cast. It was a really huge deal in the early 2000s. Black audiences would support the show because it was a real TV drama, not just another comedy. And again, it's people that look like us on TV. So, Gabrielle played a doctor on this new show, City of Angels, and what people did not know about her, she was working at a Payless shoe store several years early, pretty much 10 years earlier, and it was robbed, and the person that robbed the store also sexually assaulted her. She had gone through years of therapy and kept it to herself, but there would be this storyline on this show that would bring her story to light. We talked about what happened to her, and really, this was Me Too before the movement, which recently took off.
1: Um. Well, basically, I... The- because it happened in 92, mm-hmm. and um, it, when, when when something like that happens, there's so many different emotions. Um, the main one, feeling a lot of shame right. and uh, embarrassment, where so you don't want anyone to know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was faced with a situation when I was working on City of Angels. Um, if, if,
2: right, if, the, the, the rapist that was running around the hospital. Yeah,
1: and I hadn't told anyone. Oh, and wow. after years of counseling, I had kind of gotten to a place where I could... Effectively deal with it, mm-hmm. and each week I would get the new script and pray to God it wasn't I wasn't the next victim. Right, and I started having anxiety attacks, and mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was presented with a, the Savoy article um, mm-hmm. where they they put me on the the cover, and I said, you know what? What better form to say, hey, this happened to me. Um, this is that there's nothing funny or amusing um, about this. You don't get entertainment value from 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 rape um, right and so I can you know basically talk about it to, to, to see you know if I could touch anybody mm-hmm. if I could inspire anybody to talk about it to get help to, to press charges and that's really what the motivation was I, I noticed a lot of times um, when we were on set because it is such a heavy subject matter people would make jokes about it I guess to kind of lighten the mood right. but I don't think they realize that, that as they're making a joke about this you know faceless crime mm-hmm. That one of their own had been a victim. And I know for a fact that if they knew that, they wouldn't have made those kind of jokes.
0: Actually, Gabrielle did an interview in 2018 to, I think, the Washington Post or the New York Times, one of those um, newspapers. And she talked about the Me Too movement and how, for many minorities, it hasn't been easy for them to speak out. She was way before her time coming out with this story in the early 2000s. So here's kind of what went on with the show. It was a five episode storyline and Gabrielle was a doctor on City of Angels and there was a serial rapist terrorizing the women at the hospital. I recall it being a very intense story and a lot of people were bothered by it publicly because... It just was stereotypical. Bokeen Woodbine was also a doctor, but he was also a rapist. So it was sort of like people were a little upset that the black man is a doctor and he's going around raping people in the hospital. It was during the filming of this story that Gabrielle publicly revealed that she had been raped. We talked about the show and the storyline and actually looking back on it, Bokeen Woodbine was so intense that you could see the fear in her eyes if you looked at the show at that time. And I asked her, was she intimidated by him?
1: Well, a lot of a lot of times, you know, especially because it's a, it's a subject matter that is so close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Bokeem, when you meet him in person, he's the sweetest guy ever. He's like a big hippie. Right. But when he's acting and he's on, yeah, y- you can't tell me he's not. You know, whatever right. it is that he's trying to portray, and and he comes across very you know aggressive as an actor. Mm-hmm to put you back into that moment mm-hmm. and that storyline went on for five weeks right five different episodes right so you could about imagine and then finally i said you know what i gotta come clean i gotta tell people mm-hmm. you know I, i'm really uncomfortable with this right um but yeah after uh after i, I came forward um i was inundated with um me too's and I, you know thank you for sharing that because i had a daughter sister mm-hmm. cousin mother who went through the same thing and um Basically, you know, when it happened, uh, gosh, almost ten years ago, because it was it was, um, you know, during it happened during the course of a robbery. Um, it was in all of the newspapers. I didn't have the opportunity to be anonymous, even though they don't release your name. Right. Um, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out.
2: And it was uh, somebody that you worked at.
1: He no, not at our store. He mm. worked at um, it was a Payless shoe store chain. Right. Um. And he'd worked at a different Payless, uh-huh. and all like the fifth store um, that he hit, mm-hmm. but they knew who it was after the first one. Oh, okay. But they didn't share that, and he was targeting Payless shoe sources.
2: Right, but right. But they didn't
1: divulge that information.
2: Oh um, wow, that's that's so terrible.
1: We we you know for for our uh, young people out there, for for actually for all of our all of our folks in our community, we really gotta take the time to investigate what kind of security measures we have in place at our places of business.
2: Yeah, Um, we take that for granted.
1: Oh, yeah, we definitely take it for granted.
0: As the father of a daughter, this is something that worries me because I won't always be there to protect her. And these incidents are very common. One in six women in the United States will be a victim of rape or attempted rape in their lifetime. One in six. That's a lot of people in our lives that will be affected by this at some point. And before I interviewed her, I had somebody very close to me go through something like this. And I remember it forever changed who she was. Till this day, she's never been the same. I asked Gabrielle, how was she able to recover from that?
1: Oh, gosh, it was it was completely devastating. I, I was one of those people who had who trusted blindly. Mm-hmm. That the glass was always half full instead of half empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, out. In the spotlight, I wasn't an actress at the time, but I was an athlete, um, you know, constantly being out there. I was a person who was always in control, and to have all of your power and control taken from you it, so violently, right. um, it, it was devastating. And I, I immediately got into counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the rape crisis um, center that the hospital directed me towards, and I took advantage of, of, all, this, of all of their services. And um, I kept going every week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes three times a week well, many um, for years. Until I felt, you know, I was I was cool.
0: She also offered advice to others who may have gone through a situation like this.
1: Find the strength within you to say something. It just gets worse. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was working on City of AIM, crying hysterically in my trailer. But no one can help me because I haven't told them what the problem is. Mm-hmm. No one can help you until you, you know, find the courage within yourself to speak. And, and you will find the second you share it, it's like that the 1,000-pound gorilla has hopped off your back. Wow. It, it's just such a freeing moment. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that luxury of, you know, because I was kind of outed in the, in the press. Right. But, I mean, when I went to my producers and I shared, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable with this. Can you please, you know, do this, that, and the other? It was so freeing. And when I talked to the Rape Crisis ca- um, uh, Center mm-hmm. counselors, and they said, it's okay. There, there are support systems in place that can help you. And, and know that you are not alone. And you'd be surprised when you share what's happened. Not only do you have an opportunity to have justice by way of the legal system, um, but also justice within yourself. Um, you didn't do anything to deserve this. Wow. You know, um, It's such a fraying moment, and I, and I would encourage everyone who, who's been a victim of a violent crime, and rape is a violent crime, to, uh, to seek out help and just tell your story. Legal channels aren't, aren't what you, what you're looking for, but just opening up and sharing with another human being.
0: Similar to what has been happening with the Me Too movement in the past year, Gabrielle recognized in this 2000 interview, the power of her truth.
1: Oh, no, no, no doubt. And know that if, if, if I could do it, um, anybody can, it's a rocky road and I'm not going to lie to you. It, it's hard, but you know, I, I went from wanting to hide in my closet and actually hiding in my closet Mm -hmm. a lot of times back in 92 to, you know, being, you know, on on stages around the world and on, you know, in people's television sets and on the big screen. Um, You can overcome this. Um, it, it does get better.
2: And what do you say to a family member, or a boyfriend, or a friend of somebody dealing with this? What's their best way of 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 dealing with a person in a situation like this?
1: Listen and be patient. Um, if this is someone who's you know you find is 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 worth it, and and there is no one who's not worth it, just take the time to listen. Don't don't interject, you know, and, and offer your own two cents. This is a very personal thing. Just listen and have patience, and just be there, because there's going to be a lot of rocky times, a lot of crying that doesn't make sense a lot of you know random things that, that don't make sense necessarily but to that person they make perfect sense you just got to be there she
0: knew that speaking up at that time would help others
1: you'd be surprised it's the most underreported crime and uh, it's a shame and, and it really affects our community especially people of color yeah we I, I, have added levels of shame and you know don't be ashamed it's time to, to ha- have a voice and use it It can only help. You can only help yourself.
0: And in addition to sharing her story, which I thought was really powerful, she had advice for family and friends on how to deal with someone going through something similar.
1: Listen and be patient. Um, If this is someone who, you know, you find is is worth it and and there is no one who's not worth it, just take the time to listen. Don't don't interject, you know, and, and offer your own two cents. This is a very personal thing. Just listen and have patience and just be there. Because there's going to be a lot of rocky times, a lot of crying that doesn't make sense, a lot of, you know, random things that that don't make sense necessarily. But to that person, they make perfect sense. You just got to be there and listen and be patient.
0: Gabrielle will go on to have more memorable movie and TV roles, including the leading role in the very successful TV show, Being Mary Jane. And she has been cast in another TV series based on her character in the Bad Boy 2 movie called L.A.'s Finest. It's actually one of the most expensive pilots filmed in years and has been picked up to air in 2019. Gabrielle also found love again and married NBA superstar Dwayne Wade in 2014. Thank you all for listening. Coming up on the next Backstory podcast: an in-depth interview with social media star and singer Queen Naja. She started vlogging about her relationship, then went through the destruction of that relationship, and a song she released about her relationship now becoming a hit. It is a very interesting story.
1: We didn't want to. Um, we didn't want people to judge us in the church, mm-hmm. so we wanted to get married and make. Well, that's why I did it, and then I didn't want to lose them as well. Right. But, like, I could have waited to get married. But, like, he really, he really, like, pressed the fact. And I didn't want to lose him. So I just was, like, forget it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Backstory Podcast. I'm Kobe Cole. Get more of the Backstory on our Patreon page. With exclusive interviews, outtakes, and the Lost Controversial Backstory Podcast. You can only get here. Support on the Backstory bonus level.